Welcome to People of Hope, a conversation with the pastoral staff of Ignatius House Jesuit Retreat Center in Atlanta, Georgia. Joining me this month is Executive Director Maria Kressler and Kay Satterfield, who's also on the pastoral team at Ignatius House. And as we continue our themes of Ignatian spirituality this Ignatian year, uh, this time we're going to talk about indifference. And I think that is a term that is used a lot in Ignatian circles, thrown around a lot. But I figure a good way to start and to even begin to sort of define it, of what Ignatius might mean and how we might live that out in our spiritual lives, is to read Ignatius's principle and foundation, which is found at the beginning of the spiritual exercises. And the principle and foundation essentially lays out our purpose uh, in God, our purpose, and really the purpose for everything. So let me read to you the literal translation from Ignatius, and he, he uses um, the term man here to refer to all human beings. He said, man is created to praise, reverence, and serve God our Lord, and by this means to save his soul. And the other things on the face of the earth are created for man that they may help him in prosecuting the end for which he is created. From this it follows that man is to use them as much as they help him on to his end, and ought to rid himself of them so far as they hinder him as to it. For this it is necessary to make ourselves indifferent to all created things, in all that is allowed to the choice of our free will and not prohibited to it, so that on our part we want not health rather than sickness, riches rather than poverty, honor rather than dishonor, long life rather than short life, and so in all the rest, desiring and choosing only what is most conducive for us to the end for which we are created. So Maria and Kay, there's obviously a lot that can be unpacked from the principle and foundation, and we can lead entire retreats just on the principle and foundation alone. But, you know, here this is where Ignatius uses the word indifferent, which is kind of a confusing term, and we colloquially use it sort of in the sense of apathy, but that's not what it means. Um, how would you define it? How would you explain to someone what Ignatian indifference is? Well, one way that it was uh, taught to me was the idea of holding things lightly, to hold, hold it lightly, you know, to not be, you know, to allow freedom, to allow um, trusting, and to let God control the outcome. So those are some ways to think of it and in terms that, that are not apathy, but, um, you know, how, how can we be just that empty vessel that allows God to enter into it. And wherever we find ourselves, we can be, we can be that instrument of God's love um, wherever, wherever we are, whether we're a patient in the hospital or teaching a catechism class or uh, parenting our children or, you know, working, directing a retreat, you know, just uh, whatever, wherever we find ourselves sharing that gifts. But the other idea of, of balance that this uh, uh, of finding balance in our life, uh, but but it's a process of discernment. I was going to say you've used those words for the words that I was, and I think first of, of hearing the word indifference because it does feel like in, in the way we use it, like I don't care, and it's quite the opposite. It's not about not caring, but it was about that balance. 
that and detachment. I think that's when, when I know we talk about detachment of things. So detaching from an outcome, if you will, like how to, so when I hear the principle and foundation, it's like, it's not attaching myself to any of those re results of things, but that I can, I can sit within them. And I, and I was, it's so helpful to say that I can sit within them because, because there's a trust in knowing that whatever outcome there is the potential of being drawn closer and in, in, in deeper into God. Into, and so, you know, when you, when you first hear it, I think um, Father Jim Martin, Jesuit, who wrote a book on the Jesuit Guide to Almost Anything, has a very funny chapter on this, on this, this particular point or, you know, about how crazy that is, how people, when you say to them, when you read the principal foundation, like, well, of course I want to be wealthy and not poor. Of course I want to be healthy and not sick. And that's when that, that when you have to step back from that and say, it's not about that desire. Like we do want to be well and healthy. We don't, we don't ask for sickness, but that when sickness is there, when it's present, I can be looking at it from that perspective and be in, you know, to allow myself to be open to it. So there's a, it's a sense of, Again, I guess, again, I'm not sure if I'm articulating it well, but that indifference is not about, it's not about not caring one way or the other, but being, being open to whatever is presented such that I might grow and I can see things that way. We often see those things in hindsight. What, what the principal foundation helps us is that we should always be choosing what brings us closer. So in some situations, um, that, that's when discernment, that it gets harder, right? I got to make a choice right now. And when I'm making a choice in something and I want to be indifferent to its outcome, like, mm -hmm. how about, you know, you're, you're up for a job, you're going to, you want a particular job and you see it, you've applied for it. And this is what you really want. You think you want it. But at some point as you discern, like, can you be indifferent to the outcome? Well, what if I don't get it? <laughs> what if that's, I'm not the one chosen? Is it, am I so attached to that? Am I devastated? Can I be open? I hear you both speaking really about trust as integral as yeah as integral to to indifference that regardless of the outcome I'm going to trust that God's going to meet me where where right. I, wherever I am and that right. God's going to lead me where I'm where I'm supposed to be. Well there's a freedom in that if you can get to that place of you know not being so uh, your energy isn't drained and depleted because uh, and the weight of the disappointment and won't work out the way you hope they would be. Um, but, uh, you know, trusting that, you know, that God can be found in all things. And, and it's a letting go of control uh, in that sense. Uh, yeah. And as you said, Maria, like it doesn't mean that we don't have a preference. Obviously, I prefer health over sickness, financial security and, and so on. But it means that when that when that poverty or sickness does come, I still am holding on to the trust of uh, to tr trusting in God, right? That I'm not clinging to. I'm not clinging. I don't think Ignatius is saying that you should cling to to poverty or cling to sickness, but it's you're not clinging to either. And I, I like in the exercises there's the meditation on the three classes of persons, and so Ignatius says you get a large sum of money, and this becomes a distraction. 
in your spiritual life, in your life with God, what do you do? And then he describes these three people. And, you know, one person was sort of all talk and no action. They talk, think about what they might want to do with it. They want to spend it. They want to whatever, give it away. But then nothing happens. So they're still clinging to it. The second kind of person sort of bargains where they say, well, I'll give some to charity and, you know, but then I'll keep some of it for me, you know. So it's kind of it's more on their terms. But then the third type of person, Ignatius says, and this is the key thing for me about indifference, it's not about keeping it or not keeping it. Because I think most of us would say, well, we get a large sum of money. Let's do good with it. Let's give it away. Ignatius is saying, that's not even the question. The question is, what does God want me to do with it? So I'm willing to enter into that discernment. I may have preferences, but I'm willing to enter and listen and, and follow the nudgings of God. That kind of, um, the, and when I think back to that meditation, you know, it, it was, it took me a while. <laughs> my, my own sense of walking through and being able to say, how we, that's when you recognize how much we want to control mm. even our spiritual lives you know what we what we our relationship with god and this is such a surrender one of the other thoughts i had was that was the surrendering to god's will in my life god in my life and and part of that where does that where does that come from or how do we get there because i think it's a constant journey it's not like i'm there i've arrived and it's over <laughs> It's like it's where we we meet this over and over again in our lives of having to practice this. And I, and I think that's why I've always loved the word detachment. I love the attachment versus detachment, because I think that that always reminds me when I'm in a situation, why am I why, why am I getting so upset? What are you attached to here, Maria? Like what's going on? It, it, it helps me look at myself in different situations and, and say, why is this causing this emotion in me? And it often has to do with that. Like if I can step back and see it from the from the vantage point, if you will, with God's eyes, I can I can breathe deep differently and recognize even going into something that that I can trust whatever that outcome is going to be. If I'm if I'm going in there with God in, in that in mind, um, it can it will be a fruitful one. So, but I find that I'm attached more often than I'd like to admit. Mm. Well, there is a, you know, there is a process of discernment with all of that, right? And and praying with it, as you were saying, you know, you know, the examine prayer, you know, it can be one way to look at look at that. Um, what's the underlying motivations and and what I'm looking to choose to do? I think it's giving yourself time to to step back. I mean, that takes courage to to really be honest. And looking at uh, what what's what's underneath it all. And I think that idea of surrender. I was thinking about Ignatius's Sushape prayer, "Take Lord, receive." Right, that's a prayer of surrender. Of, and even in the principle and foundation, where Ignatius is recognizing that all things are gift, yet he's holding those gifts lightly. So even when it comes to discernment, which is our topic for our next podcast, um, you know, the, the things that I possess, the word Ignatius uses in his prayer, the things that I possess are not my own. I think that's where that holding things lightly comes in, that they're ultimately, they're God's. 
We own nothing. Mm-hmm. And so we have these gifts temporarily that we're holding. And indifference is saying that we hold them lightly when we use them in so much as they help us in our journey with God. Um, and if they aren't, we can let go of them, you know. So there, I think <laughs> there's so many words of detachment, freedom, surrender, that they're all speaking to the same mm-hmm. stance, if you will. Mm-hmm. Isn't it funny? And yet we hear the word indifference today. We would never go there. I mean, in other words, when mm-hmm. we talk about it, like, I, so I think when we hear it, we still, we ourselves, even in this ministry, have to constantly put that word in check inside ourselves. I, I mean, to me, that I'm often finding that. Can I sit in front of something and be indifferent? Or can I be at peace and in balance? I was thinking about why I think you you had suggested at some point, Andy, to kind of reflect on a moment in your life, you know, like where 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 you really can remember being sitting in that space of indifference. And and I had used that example about a job because I um it was well over 12 years ago when I applied for this position at Ignatius House. And I remember at first, you know, I was, it wasn't even my initial, it was brought to my attention. It wasn't something I, I was very happy in my work where I was working. So there was no sense of, I was looking. So I was sitting, living and working. <laughs> the, the opportunity presented itself. Somebody suggested I, I apply and I began the process. And if you can imagine when you're going through a process like that, you start off and at the beginning, I'm like, well, I, you know, what could, what could I lose? I'll go ahead and do it. I felt there, I could say I had, there was a sense of indifference there. Like whatever came would be where God, where God wanted me. And that was true at the beginning. And then the more you got through the process and the further along I developed in the process, the more I started getting attached to the result, mm. right? So you start off with, there was a sense of wherever you want me, Lord, I'm here to serve. I certainly went through a period of, of, oh my gosh, like, I think I, this is what I really, really want. Um, and then I moved again in, in my prayer. And it was like, it was also came to another space, which was, I learned something about myself in it. God was showing me some things and different gifts that I had that I didn't recognize in myself. And I started to come to a place of, well, if not this, there's something more, there's something else. And I don't know what, but I was now letting go. I was no longer, I wasn't so much attached because as it got down to the one-on-one, it was me and one other. I found myself very free in my praying, which, which in its own way is, is for me was a real grace was like praying for the other. If that was who God chose to be like, I, you know, in that process, I was able to get that detached, but I did come to know that there was something more, something new God wanted of me. And so the, the, the sense of being in, in the space of indifference it was the only time I could ever come up with when I really felt like, oh my gosh, mm. this is what it feels like to totally sit mm. back and go, I'm going to pray for what you want in all of this, God, not what I want in all of this. And, and if whatever that is, I know I've learned something new and something more you want of me. And, and, I, and, I, and I go back to that, that example often because it's very, um, it was really freeing mm. at the time I was praying it. I felt such a sense of all the anxiety that I had had, had left my body. And I remember that, that feeling very, very well. Like I'm just going to, it will be what it will be. And um, anyway, that was just uh, an interesting thing though, because God was speaking and was calling me in it, in the middle of it. In a way yeah. that I'd not heard before. I had a similar experience when I was discerning religious life and I was making a retreat 
at a, um, a Jesuit retreat center in Massachusetts. And I was sitting before the, the Blessed Sacrament in one of their chapels. And um, I certainly felt like I was leaning toward religious life. But then I had this moment, like you said, this like just freeing, lifting moment where I felt like, God, if you want me to, to drop this right now, you know, I'll do that. Like, I, I completely felt free to go wherever God was leading me, you know. Like, I actually, it, it was really this moment where all of the preferences that I had just, like, just disappeared for a minute. Um, and I, there's been, there, I have not had an experience quite like that. And that's where I was like, I know that's what indifference is. Yeah, yeah. I was just, uh, when we were just thinking about this, I was thinking about, you know, you were talking about preferences and just even in uh, relationships, we can have certain preferences. You know, I, I know there's a book on marriage relationships by Gottman called, um, that where he talks about yielding to wind. And sometimes you have to yield your own preference to the partner where it becomes a win-win. I mean, it, sometimes you have to let go when we were talking about attachment and detachment of um, just even in our our own workplace and our, um, you know, being caught up with what we feel, how things should go. And not always in the big picture things, but maybe sometimes in the little things in the daily experiences of life, how, how um, you know, just kind of I think there's a balance there between, you know, uh, we have needs and articulating those needs. And then, then there's times to, to just uh, where we need to pray with letting, um, uh, being open and free and what God is calling to us in that moment, in that daily moment of our life. I appreciate that you mentioned marriage because that's true where, yeah, one sometimes one partner has to let go of something uh, and let go of a, even a, a preference for the sake of the relationship, for the sake of the marriage, right? Okay. For that bigger thing. And so I think that's similar with God that, yeah, we have our own preferences for sure. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but at times we have to let go of those things for the sake of my journey toward a, a deeper union with God. I was thinking about it when the whole, I'm great to hear the marriage relationship because that's the word I was going to jump in with was it also presumes a relationship with God. Like part of what I, uh, you know, this, the principle of foundation starts off the exercises that Sushipe prayer is what we, the contemplation to attain is at the end. And they are these bookends, but they, but, but they speak of the relationship. You have to have the trust. You have to, you have to be in relationship to be able to let go and surrender. And in marriage is a good, like I want, I desire you, and I desire your your well-being as mine as well. And so, therefore, I will, you know, let go of my attachments in order for the greater good. And I think that's what the very question is in building this relationship with God. And what the exercises are so beautiful, right? You, that's that foundation. Yes, I've got to trust this. Now let's go on a journey together, and you're going to come to know and trust me as you start to let this unfold. Because I was thinking about that too, like. How do I, why would I trust God? Well, I have to look back in my life and and see all the ways in which God has loved me and shown me God's self and all. And so therefore I trust God, therefore I shall, right? Therefore I'm going to, 
I can sit with that indifference and say, I know you mm. and I know you want for me the best. So therefore I will. And that hopefully in marriage, that's true. Like I, you know, we do that for one another because of that. And then that the next and that analogy to that relationship with God, that it's really, and, and it's a powerful one when we can actually do it. But like Annie and I just described, I can remember a, a moment when I actually felt that kind of full freedom that that's powerful and we draw on that i know that so when another time in my life i think of that a lot like when i did give myself totally i i was able to be free and and free to love that's the part too it's it's a freedom to love more in the end i guess when i was younger i would be more apt to be headstrong and you know uh tightly holding on to, you know, this is the way I'm going to go. But I, you know, over the years and especially being exposed to the spirituality now in my fifties, I, I'm more likely to, you know, if there's a something presented to step back and, and kind of pray and pray with it and, and bring God into the conversation. And people often will, that, that's one reason they come on prayers when they're discerning choices, you know, when they're wanting to bring God into the conversation, into the decision and, and wanting to, you know, discern what, what is God's desire for me and what's, what's my desire and what's God's desire and how can, how are those aligned? So I think, um, you know, trying to make the decisions from a place of balance. I'm, you know, it's a lifelong journey, as we all know, but, uh, you know, growing in trust and, but, you know, God has a future that our dreams and God's dreams are aligned. And, you know, Maria, when you first, you never thought this might be, I mean, it was just like it kind of unfolded. And, and that was a beautiful example that you gave of, um, of, of praying with, an opportunity. I think there's some wisdom in the fact that this concept of being out of balance and indifference and detachment, that you can find it in many other spiritual traditions, right? I mean, even in, in Buddhism, that suffering is caused by our attachment to things. And I think Ignatius would say, yeah, that, that makes sense. You know, like when we're clinging to things, um, mistaking the gift for the giver, it not only is a replacement of God, but it draws us away from God. That's desolation. That's a kind of suffering. But by letting go, even, even you know, a mindfulness practice is being aware, not clinging to a certain expectation that things should be this way, things should be that way, things should be my way. It's letting go and accepting as things are and accepting the uh, entrust one's reliance on God. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a different, sometimes it's, these things are easier said than done. You know, I, I've been feeling uh, stress in a very physical way. And as I try to observe that stress and that discomfort, um, I notice in myself a preference not to have it, right? Um, but to just let it be and not to be clinging to an expectation that it should be different, I should be comfortable all the time, I realize that's what's causing my 
discomfort, my suffering, because I'm clinging to, I'm being reactive. And I think Ignatian spirituality is really trying to move us from that sort of blinded reactiveness to responding ultimately to that love and trust in God. Well, yeah, expectations are everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it makes well, me think about how wise the, the examine is. Because taking yeah. the time every day, I mean, like literally what you just described, Andy, so well, I love that. What we're attached to about how we want to feel, how it should, how we should be feeling. And I shouldn't feel like this. And, and we can get caught in that rather than to allow ourselves to look at the day and surrender some of those things. I mean, it takes looking at it and you're even being able to share it is by reflecting on it. Mm-hmm. Like, how do we grow? Right. And that, that makes me think, oh, gosh, I think this is the brilliance of that daily practice of touching base with ourselves and where we are in all of the moments of life, like you just described, you know, not just the big things, but even the small things. The examine is, is that, that practice of awareness and acceptance too, I think. I think that's another term for, for indifference perhaps is that is acceptance uh, of what is true and real um, and that we're not trying to escape from that. And I think that that'll flow well into our conversation on discernment next next month. Well, I, I uh, with regard to indifference and prayer, I mean, sometimes uh, one prayer practice that you found really fruitful, it may become dry and, you know, maybe it's time to not cling to that, but to try something else. Maybe, maybe sometimes people, they're drawn, being drawn into something deeper in, in that experience. Um, that, uh, you know, meditating on a scripture passages may not, but they're being drawn into maybe silence. You know, there, there can be a, a movement there. Um, and then sometimes just sweat, mixing it up a, a bit can can bring, um, but certainly the exam and prayer can help, you know, in, in discerning those kinds of things. I appreciate you bringing up different prayer methods, right? Because Ignatius says, use what works, right? And we're big about that, that here's a suggestion, even in spiritual direction, here's a suggestion for prayer. Try it. If it works, great, right? Again, it's a gift. If, it, if, it, <laughs> if it's leading you to, toward God, use it. Right. If it isn't, put it aside. You know, so like there's even this this uh, detachment, even in prayer, to the expectations or preoccupations I may have with how prayer is supposed to be, quote unquote, right? And boy, wrapped up in that can be fear or guilt and I'm not praying right, you know? I mean, these are things that we, I'm sure we've all encountered in spiritual direction, but it's just in, in ourselves too, in humanity, right? Sometimes we're driven so d- deeply by those preoccupation with our expectations or what we think God, what we think God thinks that we should be doing, you know, which may be not the truth. Right. Yeah. That's a perennial problem. <laughs> Yeah. I think because people will always start with like, you know, I, 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 I failed this month. I didn't do well in my prayer. You know, and, and there's this expectations. And we start to ask the questions of what you've been doing 
and your prayer and you find out, oh no, prayer's been there. It's just different. And how do you how do you how do you get detached from from an expectation? Um, I, I mean, it's perennial. We do it, and I think we have. That's why again, I keep back coming back to examine. But anything that calls us to reflect on ourselves, anytime we're called to pause and take a moment. And we're like, oh, of course, we see ourselves. It's like stopping and looking in the mirror and not running by it. Like if we pause and we're like, okay, now I can see it more clearly. And if anything, that that constant checking in with ourselves, with God, being aware, our awareness of how we are in moments. And um, I mean, these are such great gifts. I always think about the gift of the exercises, the gift of the spirituality. Clearly, that's why we're all here <laughs> because there's so much that, that that's so real that that so draws to what our experiences are that um, it's hard to deny them. You know, you had the experiences, and and you and you know, um, yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask you to conclude with a practical uh, tip and how how can we start living living indifferent indifference, living this freedom detachment. Maria, it sounds like you're. I mean, you're suggesting the examine, which I mean, that, I think that's probably the. Well, that and that first thing that, you know, even your own book, Andy, that when you start off, what do I desire today? I mean, with a simple statement of my desire should be, right, whatever happens today that I choose, that I choose you in them, or that I could be indifferent to whatever you're going to put throughout. I can look at my schedule for the day. I mean, I think praying over your, your, your day's itinerary or looking at what's coming up and saying, help me not be attached to outcomes in every one of because I promise you in my world, I can look at my thing and, and can imagine up all these different meetings and like I can get caught up in what I think needs to happen. And sometimes to be open to, let me find you there. Let me find what's going to draw me closer to you. So that the practice is the same one that's been given to us in Ignatius and that what do I want? <laughs> State what I want. And I think the examine it will go down in my book in history mm-hmm. as the prayer that, that bar none makes me more in tune to where God is in me and in my life. And when I don't do it or when I'm not attentive to it, I know it. You'll see it in my behavior. You'll see it in how I react to people. It's, it's, that's that transparent, unfortunately. Well, I think one of the lessons of the pandemic for me was just trying to, and I, I, trying to practice it um, is just taking one day at a time and just trying to be grateful that having a spirit of gratitude and, you know, we don't know what tomorrow will bring. We don't really have control, um, though we think we do. And um, hoping to just see God in in that day and and respond in the way I I hope with... uh, with God's love in my heart, but that's not, of course, always there, but that's, that's a striving towards that way. And that response is very much a part of, uh, discernment and decision-making, right? This is, uh, a wonderful lead in. This is really the, I would say the first part of, of a conversation ultimately about discernment because finding yourself in that place of indifference is necessary to that listening and then is necessary to ultimately making a decision that leads me closer to God. Thank you both for your, um, for your insights and, and wisdom in this conversation. Of course. Thank you, Candy. Always. <laughs> a pleasure. Thanks for listening. 
Learn more about Ignatius House by visiting us at ignatiushouse.org or following us on social media. And be sure to subscribe to this wherever you listen to podcasts. May the blessing of God be with you always.